Give some praise to God. Elevate. Amen, amen. Look to your neighbor. Tell them, elevado. Look back to your other neighbor and tell them, que, que. Amen, amen. Welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday at 6 p.m. Am I wrong, Kiki? I'm not, I'm not wrong. It's 7. There you go, Josie. Come on, Kiki. Come on. That's right. 7 p.m. It's all right, Kiki. We still love you. We got you. 7 p.m., right? Every Friday, if you're watching live, we wish you'd be here. But thank you for coming. If you are here, shout out to Jenna. Uh, but we're so glad you could be here. Uh, we have a lot of people missing today. If you don't know, if you don't notice, it's okay. But if we can get up that slide real quick. We got people. We sent people out. Amen. Give a hand clap for our mission team. So we got Abby. We got Evie. We got, is that Bethany or? It's Hannah. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't look like Bethany. We got Hannah. She should be coming soon. We got Malia. We got Cielo. We got Samantha. She used to come here. Then she went to Dallas. We got Libni. We got Bethany. We got Marco. We got TJ. We got Victor. We got Nate. And we got Jorge looking all swole right there, looking like his military picture or something, right? Dude, praise God for them. So they're headed out. They're preaching the gospel. They're doing the work. Yeah, that's right. Victor's there. Nate's there. Beth, we got a lot of youth there, people your age. So next missionary trip, which is actually this summer, we'll be announcing that next month. So you could actually come with us next mission trip. How many of you went to uh, the last mission trip? It was about two years ago. That's right. Brandon knows because he was getting... He was getting slammed in wrestling. That's how he knows, and he was preaching as well. Josie knows. We have a lot of fun, but we also preach the gospel. It's very serious. We preached on Bourbon Street. Uh, Josie ended up leading two prostitutes or strippers. What were they? Strippers to the Lord. So I'm telling you right there, it's real. It's awesome. I can't wait to, to join the Dallas team this summer. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to them. But we have another shout-out. If I could have a drum. No, there's no one to do a drum roll. It's all right. It's all right. Who knows how to play the drums right now? Kelvin, you know a little bit, right? Come on, Kelvin. Come on, Kel. Come on. See, we got, last, last week we had Ashley, we had Yuli, two awesome people, two awesome deacons in our church. They gave the testimony of their relationship and how the Lord brought them together. And we have another testimony here. If we can have a drum roll, please. You got to turn that on. Amen. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Yo. All right. And we are introducing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's dial back a little bit. And we are introducing the two, oh, three, and only Rodriguez. Make some noise, snap, 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 awesome. So, hasn't been that long. Are you going, oh, I was about to say, you're going back there already? I mean, you don't need to go there. Oh, you're going to get a chair for your wife? Yes, yes, chair for pregnant wifey. Yes. So, as you know, uh, many of you remember, how many of you remember Lawrence and Jackie, right? Come on. Right? They transitioned now. It's only been like about a month and a half. But they're back just for tonight because they're going to share with you their testimony, how they came together, right, and how their relationship was under the guidance of Jesus. Amen? So we want them to share. Obviously, uh, Jackie is pregnant, right? So they're married. Amen? Just want to clarify that. That happened after they were married, but they'll tell you that, okay? Show the ring. Come on. Show that bling. Come on. Give a hand clap for the bling. Amen. I'll let you guys do your thing. Amen. Well, elevate. Come on now. That never gets old. I need to hear it one more time. Elevate. I see some of y'all. You want to you say it one more time, so I'm going to give you another opportunity to say it. Elevate. Come on now. Elevate. Y'all are awesome. Um, it's a privilege to be here. Um, obviously, we are the Rodriguez's. The... Well, they're the Rodriguez's too. Um, the, the next generation. Rodriguez next gen. There we go. 
Um, and we are going to share our story of how we came together, of uh, how God worked that all out, and how, we're, uh, how we arrived to where we're at today. Um, so let me, let me get a look at the time here, just make sure uh, we're, we're, we're good. Um, yeah, so let me look at my notes, um, just so that we start off, uh, unless yes, you want to say I something will, while I want to start off by out. saying, we miss you guys. <laughs> we do, we miss you guys a lot, but as you can tell, there's a baby in here. And we wanted to give you guys some update. Um, we are eight months now, so we are waiting one more month and baby it is coming out. It may happen right now. Yes, one more month and the baby's coming out. And then I'm really going to go into hiding for three more months. So you're not going to see me, not even at church for a while. So real life situations right here. <laughs> Amen. But we're excited to be here to share a testimony. And we really want you guys to hear some of you guys were a part of it. Some of you guys seen it all. But we really want you guys to know that we're not here to boast, but we're here to tell you that you're out to be encouraged, right? The sermon mm. series that you guys are on is about waiting, and it's worth the wait. Amen? Praise God. Yeah, uh, true love does not wait. Um, no, so true love waits. False love, false love, fake love. That doesn't wait. So true love does wait, but fake love does not wait. Um, just to be clear, so when somebody's trying to get your number, they're trying to hook up with you through some crazy little app, whatever, you're being naughty, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's not love. That's not love, because true love would... There we go. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to start off with how we viewed relationships I guess when we're single, for Jackie, obviously she wasn't saved, you know, for her whole, her whole life. Um, so for me, I mean, I was, I was raised in the church, life. so to an extent, you know, I, I would say I had a godly understanding of what relationships look like. I'll let Jackie go first, though. Um, when you weren't saved, uh, what was your outlook on that? How did you view relationships? So um, relationship for me in the past was very selfish. Um, I would look for what would benefit me and how uh, the person would serve me. And it wasn't so much about me serving them or me looking for ways to be the right person for them, you know. And that's a lot of us, you guys. So I'm speaking to a lot of you guys right now. You should be able to relate very easily because human beings without God are selfish. And I used to seek if they were looking good, if they had money, if they can give me the things that I needed at that time. Um, I was, I used to do drugs, so like weed, um, I would drink, I would party, whoever would pay for my ticket so I can go in, stuff like that. And I know most of you guys don't go to clubs yet, but your intentions are wrong when we don't have God. And that was totally me at that time. And so when I would seek for love, or when I would think of love, or in a relationship, that's, that's kind of how it went. It's, how can you benefit me? Yeah. And I mean, just to be honest, I'm sure most of you guys, well, if, if you don't have Jesus, right, we're supposed to be living for God, but if not, I mean, you're probably experimenting already. Like, you already, maybe you're checking the same sex out, maybe you're looking at, you know, friends that are telling you about all kinds of crazy uh, uh, what is it called? Acronyms, you know, LGBTQA, whatever. Um, and it's like, look, there's a lot of things going on out there. You know what I mean? You, you, you might be saying to yourself, well, I'm cool right now. I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm coming to church, whatever. It's all good in the hood, but I don't want to give my life fully to Jesus. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised years down the road if you turned out to be just confused you change your gender, you go for the same sex, you have a child out of wedlock, like that's the generation we're living in. It's going to be more and more common because the perversion is out there like never before. There's so much gender confusion. There's so much confusion, period. Like people just don't know. They don't know. But here's what they think they know. They think they know what love is. And that's the sad part. They think they actually have an understanding of what love is. And because it's not rooted in God's word, it ends up making a complete mess, and they end up somewhere completely different that they never would have thought they would be in. And they're not happy, and they're depressed. They're taking anti, 
depressants. They get triggered by everything. It's because they sought love, but in the wrong places, right? We all know that. And there's so much truth to what Jackie said. If you don't have Christ, that's the kind of, it's not even love. It's, it's a false love. I mean, you're, it, it's selfish. It's selfish. It's self-centered. It's not concerned with the person that you're in a relationship with. It's not concerned about, like, uh, their growth, their character. Like, how do I help them as a person? Like, you know, live for Jesus or whatever. Like, no, you just want to be with this person because they're cute. Hey, you know what? They gave me this little eye or whatever. And guess what? That, that made me feel good on the inside. Like, let's be honest, the nature of what the world gives us as love is so self-centered. Like, when you go into a relationship, it's normally not because you want to do something for the other person. It's because you want something for yourself. Yeah. Oh, this guy's looking good. Oh, this girl's looking good. You think it's one way now. Guess what? The older you get, it's just going to be bumped up to 100 million more. You know what I mean? Like, because people my age, 20s, whatever you know, mid-20s, early 30s, what, you know, that, 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 that uh, young adulthood range, okay, they're, they're all types of messed up. They're all types of messed up. Uh, I, I'll, I'll share it because it's, it's fairly brief how my, my understanding of relationships in the past was, but um, I was at my job, and there was this dude who's known kind of at my workplace as a player, like he, he jokes around, he talks to all the women and everything, uh, and he's a young guy, he already has a kid, and they were joking, the older guys and older girls, which weren't even that older, he was like 22, and then the other people that were making fun of him were like maybe late 20s. And they're like, oh, you know, you got like 16 girls, man, who are you talking to now, blah, 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 blah. And he's trying to defend himself, you know, because he feels bad, he feels salty, he knows it's wrong. It's like a lot of these people, they know they're wrong already. Like, there's that Holy Spirit conviction inside of them, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking to 16 girls, but... Ah, you know, whatever. And so you know what he says? He's like, okay, all right. You know, you guys are saying this. Well, then how do I change? What do I do? You know, what, what do you, you guys are saying all this, you know, goofy stuff about me and everything. And they're like, ah, oh, you know what? Just, just have fun. You're still young. Do whatever you want. It's fine. It's, you know, whatever. And I'm just sitting there hearing them roast this kid and giving him all this trash information in the world's mindset. You are supposed to have as much fun as you want, have as much sex as you want, do whatever you want because, hey, you're young, you can live out your, your life and just, just, just do whatever you want, whatever feels good. And that's baloney and that's trash and it's going to leave you feeling like trash. It's going to mess you up and it's going to mess your future up and it's going to mess up the people that you interact with. It's not good, man. And you need to do it God's way because if you don't do it God's way, you're going to end up there. Like you hear about Jackie and you're like, oh, parties and, you know, getting with people that, you know, paid for her beer or ticket. It's like, y'all y'all are on that path. You know what I mean? Like, you are on that. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, when I was your age and I was sitting in the seats, you know, like you guys are, when I was 15, 14, whatever, like, I had friends, right? The person that was sitting next to me, right, most of the people that were sitting next to me now already had a bunch of baby mamas, kids outside of wedlock, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Fernando thinks this is funny, but I know he's, he's paying attention. He's, he's trying to understand. But, but yes, bro, it's crazy. They, they messed up so bad. They messed up so bad, bro. Um, and I'm only here because of God's grace, but I'm telling you, you have to do it God's way. It ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. You'll either find it out the hard way or you can, you know, do it God's way. Wait, can I say something? Yes. It's funny because his coworker is being told by other people that are not saved, you're doing something bad. But yet, when he asks for advice, they can't give him any advice because they're from the world, too. And that's many of us. You look to your right, you look to your left, and you're like, man, she's bad. She knows she's bad. She's doing, she shouldn't be that way. Or you're looking at your friend that's selling drugs. You're like, man, my, my friend is lost, or you know, he's getting addicted, or whatever. We can notice that they're wrong, but you can't give them any advice unless you know God. Amen. And that's where a lot of us are at and that's where a lot of us can actually evangelize to them because we know the truth and so you guys are privileged to be here and get to hear what is right and what is wrong because now you have no right to say I never knew I didn't know that was wrong because you get to hear it every Friday and Amen. if you come Sunday it's twice a week now and if you go to life group during the week that's three times a week yeah I gotta get it together <laughs> Amen. His name is Alex, by the way. He has a son, and I've been talking to him. Pray for him that he gets saved and he gives his life to the Lord, and he comes here 
It's MPI. Um, so for me personally, yeah, uh, my view of relationships was basically this. Um, God will bring the right one into my life at the right time. And until that happens, I'm just going to serve Jesus. And uh, for years, people would try and pair me up with other women in the church. They would be so goofy about it, too. It wouldn't make no sense. Uh, and I'm just like, y'all, I'm just trying to serve Jesus, man. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Jovi, was I not like that? Come on, bro. Ugh. It almost wasn't me, guys. It was baloney, bro. It was goofy. Even, even, even Pastor Joe, man. God bless his heart. But anyway, uh, so, but, but I just, there was something in my heart. God, uh, God is in control. He knows who he wants me to be with, who he wants me to marry at the end of the day. So ultimately, my mindset on relationships was square number one, God is in control. God will do what he wants to do. I am yours, Lord. I'm trusting this place of my life on, into your hands. Um, and that was it. And that was it. And I waited and I waited and I didn't date anybody. How and long then did you wait? Uh, I think I started, I think like 20, 21, around there. Uh, I didn't date anybody. I was never, I didn't have a girlfriend until Jackie came along. And then God, uh, God kind of highlighted her and was, you know, heard her talk, I heard her talk about God and I saw her evangelizing and I'm like, man, this chick is on fire. She has a heart for the Lord and for the lost, just like me. Everybody say, oh, come on, man. Dreams do come true in the kingdom of God. Um, so that's a little bit about how I viewed relationships. Uh, and then how we started talking, yeah, it was mostly through SUM, School of Urban Missions. Not to say that you go to Bible college to get married, but if you want to increase your chances, okay, if you want to increase your chances of getting married and finding your spouse, go to Bible college. Just kidding, just kidding. Calm down, calm down. All right. Um, well, not everybody wants to get married. All right, that, that's, that's, that's true, too. Oh, that snap. Too. Uh, so that's how we started talking. Jackie, what were some fun memories that you have when we first started talking? Um, some fun when we first started talking? <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, it was just, can I say that one? Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> that was after we started talking, though. Yeah, but it's what's funny because he didn't date anybody until he was 21, so imagine having your very first girlfriend, right? So that was us. That was, that was his first girlfriend. So there was a lot of things that he just did that I thought was funny. But because he didn't know any better, you know. But, okay, so here it is. So I told him I liked cheesecake, cheesecake ice cream. And so every time he would see me, he would give me cheesecake ice cream. I know it was very sweet. But then it came to a point where I was like, I'm getting tired of eating cheesecake ice cream. Like, it broke my heart. <laughs> this is all you're giving me. <laughs> she broke my heart, y'all. I got her cheesecake ice cream thinking it would make things better, and it made things worse. It was always very sweet, but that's all he knew how to do at that time. <laughs> Praise God. But the Lord is good, and the Lord yes. gives wisdom. Amen. Um, praise God. And so uh, we started talking. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think just the main thing that drew me to Jackie was just her heart for the Lord. That was it. Like, she loved Jesus. She loved Jesus. She was sincere. She was genuine. And I could see myself, you know, doing ministry with her and her being a good partner with me and for what God's called me to do. And, uh, but and I, I wasn't always like that. You weren't. No. <laughs> if we can get those pictures of, of what, who I was before... I think this is good to show you guys because it's hard to imagine like who that person was before. And as I mentioned, I was I would drink and take a other one, I would smoke and I would party, you know? And if you were in the ambassador's life group three years ago, um, these are the pictures I showed too because all the other ones were pretty bad. Yeah. Um, because we come from that lifestyle, and I, this is most of you guys, I hope you identify, or your past life, because if you're safe now, most of you guys came from that lifestyle too, yeah. and I, everything that Lawrence got to meet me, like uh, the person that Lawrence got to meet, 
a year ago and a half? Two, three. Two, three years. I've been saved for four years, guys. Five years now. So five years, yes. Praise the Lord. And I also didn't date anybody until I came um, to the Lord for those five years. I didn't date anybody, and I didn't do anything outside of marriage. Praise right? God. I um, waited to praise the Lord. And one thing that's interesting about those pictures, uh, when Jackie wasn't saved, right, um, I want to say this as a youth, previous youth leader, ex-youth leader, <laughs> um, being in the youth ministry for all these years, I'm sure you guys who are leaders, you, you understand where I'm coming from here. Uh, you know, you might not be serving God now. I, I don't know where you, some of you may be in your walk with, you might be like, I just don't care about any of this stuff, like forget God, I'm just here because my parents, like, we get it, we know, we know where you're coming from, uh, but uh, there's hope, there's hope in my heart, because if God did it for Jackie, if she was that far off, and she's now saved living for Jesus, we have that hope for you, right, so it doesn't really matter where you may be at, how rebellious you may be right now, we're praying for you, we love you, and we believe that the same God that transformed my wife can transform your heart, so you might be rebellious. You think that you're, like, shocking God, like he's scared, like, oh, my gosh, this person's wild. And, like, God's like, no, I'm just waiting for you to repent and come to me. And when you do, I'm going to change your world. That's it. Um, so there's hope. There's hope. And I hold on to that. Jackie holds on to that. The leaders here hold on to that. Um, so, so serve Jesus. Um, now, once we got together, we started dating, we started talking, um, there were some challenges uh, as far as temptation, because we're both uh, human beings with uh, desires, right? Sexual desires for each other. Let's just be honest, right? Um, but here's the thing. We got to live holy. We got to live holy. So it doesn't matter if you feel a certain type of way. That doesn't mean you can now, bless you, uh, make excuses and start living however you want, you know, and start blurring the lines and start doing sexual stuff and acting crazy. Like, no, I don't care if you're uh, you know, a pastor's kid, and like, oh, well, you know, whatever, I still love, you just, you know, come on, don't do that, stop it, whatever, but what helped us, what helped us, I'll just say a little bit for my end, and then Jackie, you can talk, um, I know for me, just one of the key things, whenever you're in a relationship, you have to be accountable, accountability, like, you, you know what I mean, like, when you look up, when you YouTube, like, relationship goals or tips, or whatever from some YouTube person who's already broke up with like five different people, like, like he won't tell you, she won't tell you, like be accountable. Like you won't get, the, like nobody's gonna tell you like, hey, find somebody that you can open up with and ask them to help keep you accountable so that you don't mess up and act stupid. You know what I mean? Because you will want to act stupid, but you need people in your life that will be like, hey, don't do that. Don't think like that. You need to stop, you know, towing the line or whatever. You need people in your life like that. And so accountability and being open and transparent with whatever struggles I was having or thinking about or whatever scenarios might have come up being in a relationship with Jackie, because things will come up, you have to have somebody that you can go to. Yeah. And so if you're thinking to yourself, well, who might I go to if I was ever in a relationship? Well, look at your leaders. That's why they're here. Our, the, the leaders are big. Amen. Come on, Kiki. She's, she's, she's excited today for Jesus. Um, the leaders are dying, dying, dying for any of you to come up to them and be like, please hold me accountable. You want to make their dreams come true. Go up to Will if you're a guy. Go up to uh, Karina if you're a girl and be like, I want to be holy in this relationship. Please, can you keep me accountable? Yes. And all the leaders said, Amen. come on now. So accountability is so key. That will help you, and that'll stop you from acting stupid, having sex outside of marriage, touching each other inappropriately, yeah. uh, making unwise decisions. Dude, have leaders in your life that'll help you. Yes. Amen. Um, well, I'll go else. I'll add. I'll add okay, something. Okay, we, we, we um, yeah, we had a lot of those. We have a lot of people that we were accountable to, especially because we we're in different ministries, and um, and it it wasn't it wasn't so much. Um, what am I trying to say? 
it wasn't so much because we were trying to, um, you know, be something that we weren't, but it was it was only because what was keeping us away from doing stuff like that would be the fear of the Lord, right? And the only reason we had to fear the Lord is because we need the Lord. And the only reason we need the Lord is because us separately as a single person decided to choose the Lord before we chose each other. And so our foundation as a, as a, as our single people, it, it started like right now where you guys are at, single. Your foundation for accountability, it starts right now. It doesn't start when you start dating. It starts when you're by yourself. Because if your single life uh, of being alone by yourself uh, is, is being accountable, then it's going to be super easy and at the same time very hard to not be accountable when you're with, in a relationship with somebody. So it wasn't, it wasn't hard for us to be quick to, to be like, hey, this is what's going through my mind. This is what I need help with. Pray for me. Um, and the Lord was good. The Lord was good because we Amen. were faithful. I want to ask the ladies a question. Do you want to date a guy with junk in the trunk? Do you want to date a guy who has bones in the closet? I'm trying to think of like a cool means. term gonna, to like yeah. get the idea across. Explain to them. Do what you want to like date trunk? a guy who has like a bunch of deleted history on his internet browser? has 15 contacts that he won't let you see, has, you know, a private, you know, account on Facebook and TikTok and all. Like, would you want to date that guy? Girls could be like that, too, though. That's, some, that's real talk right there, Jeff. Come on. That's, come on, bro. <laughs> see, we got, we got to talk about that afterwards. There is a lot of girls like that, too. Amen. Well, you, you, well okay, okay. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Their <laughs> lives are messed up. They that. need Jesus. Don't follow them. They yeah. will mess you up. Um, anyway. And God exposes that. Yeah, you yeah. Get, I, like Rabbi Zechariah. Oh, no, that's too no? Okay. Okay, and then it the last thing. <laughs> yes, it will all be exposed. The last thing here, it is a joy to be married. Amen. And you know what? The only way it works, yes. praise God. Yes. Thank you, Kelvin. He just got married, married too. Married people Let's know. all clap for marriage. Cheers. Come on now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to clap for marriage here. Um, so yeah, you you uh, if you live by your feelings, your marriage won't last. So if you make it about feelings now, none of the relationships you get into will last, right? No. You think it's about the cute feelings and the text messages and the little hearts and everything, and you think that's where it stops. Uh, no, it actually is a lot deeper than that because yeah. feelings can come and go. Uh, what you need is the love, love of God, the love that comes from God, supernatural love. That's what will sustain you. So why do marriages fail? It's because people failed at loving God, and when they failed at loving God, they couldn't love their spouse. That's Come it. On. It's so simple. So you want to have a strong relationship. You want to love your partner. I cannot love Jackie. I can't. I can't love Jackie if I'm not loving God. Yeah. Because if I'm not loving God, whatever I'm giving Jackie is bogus, and I don't want to do that to her. Um, any last words, Jackie? Um, just First Corinthians 13. If we can put that up, the love verses, um, and we'll end it here. But I remember that I was being told about the love of God, and I couldn't, it was just hard to understand who God was at that time. I was very new. I think it's verse 4. And, um, and we were at a restaurant, and my my brother in Christ was telling me, this is who God is. These are the characteristics of God. And we were eating in the middle of food, of like putting food in my mouth. And I'm, and I'm listening to what he's saying, and he's telling me, like, this is who God is. And we were, it was a bunch of us. It was a group of us just talking about the love of God. And, and, <laughs> and let me read it out. When he was, as he was reading it, I was like completely understanding that this, who, this is who God was, and this is how God loves us. And I literally felt as if my heart was being ripped apart, and the hard heart that I had was taken away, and I just started crying in the middle of the restaurant because I couldn't believe that there was a God like this. And, that, and he demonstrated that by giving us Jesus. So let me read it out. And it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And you guys, this, we get to live this out. First, as a single person with God, we get to experience it. But man, this comes to life when you're married and you're in a relationship. I get to see that in him and he gets to see that in me. And it's, it's like a never-ending circle of love. And that's what we hope that you guys get to experience. And you can also experience that again if you are single. If you are called to be single, that's okay. You know, you can love Jesus. So love is not just for the married couples. Love is not just for the husband and wife. Love is for the person, any individual, any human being. Uh, If you feel called to singleness, just love is, uh, again, love is for you regardless. God wants you to walk in love. But when you get married, you walk that same love out um, as it's given here. But again, if, if, you're, if you're single, if you're living for God now and you don't have a spouse or you don't want to get married, you just want to go on fire for the Lord, live in love. Live yes. in God's love and love other people. Amen. And when you get married, it doesn't change. You love your wife, your wife loves you, and you love God together. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And clap for Lawrence and Jackie. Praise God. That's awesome. It was it was awesome just being like an observer of that relationship and how it unfolded. I remember I used to work with Lawrence and we used to drive like three hours to clean carpets. I know. Exciting, right? But we'd be driving in order so we wouldn't fall asleep, we would just talk. Anybody who drive here know what I'm talking about? You drive yet, bro? You got to get that license, bro. What are you waiting for? But once you do drive, you'll realize you got to have that friend that is not sleepy, and he'll keep you up. Lawrence and I, we were that to each other. Of course, I am not that kind of guy. I fall asleep. But I remember we would get into conversations about, you know, we were both single at the time, and then we were both talking about, man, you know, you know who are you interested in? Lawrence would literally be like, no one, man. Until the Lord brings me my wife, I will not take a single step forward because I don't want to waste my time. You see, Lawrence didn't waste his time for no girls. No woman was worth Lawrence's time unless that one was from the Lord. So he didn't play no games. Lawrence is a boss, okay? A lot of y'all don't know that Lawrence is a boss. Y'all need to get with it. But anyway, thank God for Lawrence and Jackie's testimony. We're going to continue with our sermon series. But I hope you guys were encouraged about that because... A lot of people don't uh, know other details about their relationship, but it's, it's, it's so powerful how God brought them together and how even though they have two different backgrounds, you see, like, the stuff that Jackie, so, like, went through and, you know, the stuff that she did, her child's never going to see that. You know, that's the beauty of a pure marriage is that now what you've gone through and your problems and your issues, your burdens, and all the things that you've done, that no longer is put on your child. But if you're not living pure and you're having an impure marriage or you have an impure relationship and you have a kid out of that impure relationship, now the kids is going to suffer that problem. And a lot of us, we know that. We've experienced it firsthand. So just another encouragement to live pure and wait for marriage is that it will be better for your family. It will be better for your family. Now, when it comes to purity... Purity nowadays is kind of like mocked, you know, like, Jonathan, I think that was you, right? You're like, man, that's what girls like nowadays. Was that you? Yeah, what did you say? Shooters, drunkards? Yeah, yeah, people, yeah, you're saying that stuff is, is kind of like, that's what girls like nowadays, right? That, and, then, and then guys, they like girls that are exposing themselves. I mean, they only like them for a minute or a couple weeks, if that, right? But... It seems as if purity is mocked nowadays, it's ridiculed, it's old-fashioned, or maybe it's just weird. It's just weird. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember one time I went to this Bible store, and I saw, like, this lady, and she had a skirt, like, all the way up to here. And, like, in my mind, I'm like, I've never seen 
a lady have a skirt all the way down to her ankles. Like, to me, that was, like, kind of odd, you know what I'm saying? Unless they were, like, Muslim. That was the only, that was the only thing in my mind. Like, but that's not, that's not odd. That's her decision because she believes that she wants to be modest in that way. But to me, that was weird. It was, it was outside. When we think of purity nowadays and what it means to be honest, yeah, because purity also involves your honesty. You know, we think about, I remember just recently, I was in the class. I teach uh, Bible. I also teach gym class. I've said that many times. Jenna is my student. Just put her on blast real quick. She's okay with it. She can take it. But, yeah, there was a student who lied about uh, a, a certain thing. And then I approached them. I'm like, you lied. And another person said, well, I didn't lie. And then they were like, well, you snitched on us or whatever. You're not, you're, you should have lied. And I'm like, y'all supposed to be Christians in a Christian school. Why are y'all lying? And she's like, well, it's only a game. It's only a game. You see, there's just a little bit of impurity, and you will, be, you will start lying in other things. That's how it is. And the thing, with, with the thing with impurity is, is that it doesn't take a lot to make something impure. You know, anybody ever, uh, ever, anybody ever had heard of backwash? Backwash? Anybody here okay to, with drinking backwash? I had a friend who was. We were trying out for football, and I just chugged a, some Gatorade. I didn't finish it, and I, I backwashed. And he said, bro, I'm thirsty. Let me get that Gatorade. I'm like, bro, my backwash is in it. He said, man, I don't care. I'm thirsty. Give me that. So I'm like, all right, bro, here we go. And he drank it all, backwash and everything. Of course, I was disgusted. But understand this, that it didn't take much for that water to be impure. That my, my saliva was in there. Or let's say you just drop like, like I don't know if, a, if you ever had a fly go in your drink before. Like, you ever had that? Do you drink that now? Like, for me, once the fly is in there, I throw everything away. I mean, I, I hate flies. I know ever since I learned about, like, what they do, I can't help but hate them. They're impure little insects, and I, I, can't, I despise them. But they... they they, just, they make everything impure. So we have to understand this. Um, for one, everyone has been or is impure. Everyone has been or is impure. Because we think about even the way we speak, the way we think, the way we act, the way we present ourselves, we've been guilty of being impure at times. Even Lawrence, right, when his parents were asking him a, a question and he was like, man, I am going to tell them like a half-truth, a lie, just so I can get out of trouble. That was an impure thought. So we have to understand that even Lawrence, who was, you know, just, you know, came out glowing, right? He was impure at a certain point. Doesn't matter where you've been at. Even Josie, right? When she came out glowing as well, she got tainted. And now she has gone through impurities, right? So we have to understand is that no matter where you come from, no matter your background, no matter your environment, you've been guilty of being impure. And it's not just something you're guilty of. It's something you're affected with. You're affected with. So understand that. We've all been impure. And the only thing that makes us pure is Jesus. How many of y'all got purified water at the crib? See, y'all bougie, man. I say, give me, I just open the sink. I let the, the cold water run. And the cold water, when it's super cold, it's just as good as the purified water. Amen? That's how I grew up. You let that cold water run, that's pure water right there. It, don't, don't care about the pharmaceuticals that you're taking in. It's all right. You're drinking pure water. Amen? Can you, how many of y'all agree with me? How many of y'all been there? Thank you, bro. Thank you. You know what I'm saying. But the only thing that makes us pure, like the only thing that makes that water, that water has to be purified. We, the same, have to be purified. And the only thing that can purify us is Jesus. Now, once we have been purified, we should live pure lives. We do live pure lives. So understand that. Even though the culture sees impurity as some ritual, as some coming of age type thing, like, you know, when Disney celebrities, when they hit like 18, they start doing some crazy movies. That's kind of how, like, society is. Like, once you get, like, 13, 12 years old, you got you to gotta get on Snapchat. You got to be a little dirty, right? Don't go full way, but you got to be a coming of age. You know what I'm saying? And that's literally how it is sometimes. It's how society views people. You get to a certain age. Like, anybody remember, like, when you are younger, your parents were like, hey, don't say that. You're a child, right? Like, whenever you drop the F-bomb, your, your, your parents were like, hey, don't say that. You're, you're a kid. But then you get to a certain age where you're not a kid, and now you drop an F-bomb, and it's like, yo, I feel you, bro. Like, it's relatable. 
Or like, hey, man, don't look at those girls. You're young, right? Like, cover your, your, your boy's age. You cover, your, cover the boy's eyes whenever there's like a naked scene. But then when they get to a certain age, the dad's like, hey, man, take a seat. Let's watch this, uh, this scene together. It's like weird like that. How, when does that happen? How does that shift where now this become impurity becomes almost like a pure thing, a normal thing? But that's the culture. That's the culture we live in. But what is impurity? Because we talk, we, you know, everyone talks about impurity, purity, purity, this, whatever. We've been talking about it. But what exactly is it? Can we go to Leviticus chapter 12, verse 4? This right here may be a little weird, but this is the law, right? Everybody say the law. So the law was given to Moses to be given to the Israelites, and it was, so to, it was to help them live lives that are honoring to God. So in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 4, it says this, speaking of a woman on her time of the month thing, period. Then the woman must wait 30 days to be purified from her, everybody say, bleeding. She must not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of her purification are over. So just, just real quick, I do not do this to my wife. I don't apply the law to that. When she is on her time of the month, I don't banish her to her mother's, okay? Like, leave my sight. She instead actually banishes me sometimes. She's like, leave me. Leave me now. I'm like, yes. I'm sorry. I just am hungry. Feed yourself. You know, it's more like the opposite nowadays. Y'all feel me? It's more like the opposite. But get that. The women, they were forced to leave the premises of where everyone is at. But it wasn't just for women. It was also for men because men did things that were impure. Uh, and we won't get into that. But there were things that were nasty. If you died, right, if someone died and you touched the body, you were now unclean. If anything impure touched a pure thing, that pure thing was now impure. It's almost like when you were little and then someone had mono, right? You ever, you ever heard of mono, right? And everyone's like, ooh, you got herpes. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody remember that? No one remember that. See, I grew up in days where the minute you had a little pimple right here, you had herpes, and no one would touch you. And then, and then if you touched them, you would have herpes too. And that, that was like the logic behind it. So understand this, is that what God is trying to show us is that impurity affects the environment and affects the people that you're around. When you live impure lives, it not only affects you, but it affects everyone around you. So what God wants us to understand is that he wants his people to live pure and holy lives. And that's what this is basically. It's an allegory. It's a spiritual, it's a physical thing demonstrating a spiritual thing. Now, the thing is, right, is that we've all sinned. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, that all are guilty and affected by this impurity. That when we touch certain things in our lives, we actually mess it up even more sometimes. Our sin right, and how we think is messed up, so we end up affecting people and affecting things. So we have to understand is that impurity runs deep. It runs deep. It's in our desires. It's in our ambitions. We think, hey, man, I want to get the bag. I want to get the money, but we are willing to get the bag, get the money, even if we lie, even if we cheat, even if we steal. Hey, man, I just want to be happy, but you're willing to be happy at the expense of other people's lives, you see, we have to understand that even though these innocent things we think innocent, if we dig deeper, we can see the impurities within it. So we have to understand that everyone has been or is impure. And the only thing that can make us pure, the only person that can make us pure is Jesus. Everybody say bleeding again. Now if we go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 to 22. So Jesus comes in after the law. And Jesus, he's different. He's talking to, to people that would be considered impure. And people are starting to hear this. Like, man, Jesus, he's with drunkards. He's with the shooters. He's with the drunkards. And they're actually following him now. Man, he's with the prostitutes. He's with the girls that are doing nasty stuff on social media pages, right? He's, he's taking those girls away from their sin, taking those guys away from their sin, and they're all living this new life. And it says right here in Matthew chapter 9, 20, there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. Understand the psychological effect of this, that this woman was perpetually bleeding for 12 years. 
And all the women here are probably freaking out right now. Just think about that right now. You already know what it is for two days, two weeks. Imagine 12 years. That's crazy. That's wild. But imagine now with that idea that she's impure for 12 years. That means she's not really around her family consistently for 12 years. She's not around her peers for 12 years. She's frowned upon, looked at as dirty for 12 years. She's judged by her impurity for 12 years. There's a psychological effect. She's nasty, she's dirty, she's untouchable, right? Now, this is what happens. She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, seeing Jesus in this crowd, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. You see, in another, in Luke, it says that there was a crowd, and she was looking, and she saw Jesus, and she was bleeding in pain, but she began to push, knowing, having this hope. Everybody say hope. That if she just touched Jesus' cloak, she would be healed of her impurity. That everything would change. That was her hope. And this is what I came to tell you today is that we still have to have this same hope as this woman. If we could go to John chapter 3, verses 2, 3 to 2. When Jesus now is touched by this woman, he doesn't say, ill, get away from me. You will make me impure. No, it's quite the opposite because when you come in contact with Jesus, your impurities are, getting, are, are, are rid of. Your impurities now are filtered through the blood. Your impurities now are... Uh, distinguished, basically uh, evaporated, gone. It's almost like OxyClean, right? Everybody say, everybody, everybody know what I'm talking about, OxyClean, right? I actually have a better, when, whenever I, when I got saved, the first thing that came up to me, the first analogy was those Dove commercials. And I've said this before, you know the little doves in the beach? Because the oil, because rich people like oil, right? And they got oil, all this, the oceans and everything. And the doves, they get covered in oil. Everybody know those commercials? Okay. The dove has oil, and the dove can't ever get the oil off him because he's a dove, and he doesn't have thumbs, and he doesn't know how to wash himself. But there's someone that comes, picks him up, puts him in dove soap, puts the bird in dove soap, and begins to clean the dove. And now the dove is pure. And that's what I think that Jesus does to us, is that when we come to him, he picks us up, and he purifies us. This, in, in 1 John chapter 3, I think I told you John, I meant 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. And he greet so so back to Jesus though Jesus purifies her she gets up she gets up she's purified and he doesn't say get away from me but instead he calls her daughter because this impurity that made her an outcast she's now made pure she's called a child and it says right here dear friends now we are children of God and what we will has not yet been made known but what we know uh, but we know that when Christ appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And then it says, all who have this, everybody say hope. All that have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everybody say he is pure. So understand this is that when that woman touched his cloak and he said, your faith healed you, it was because there was a hope in Christ at that moment. When she was looking through the crowd and she was trying to find the son of man, and she saw just a glimpse of him, and there was hope that shimmered in her eyes, and she approached him and touched him. That was hope, that faith, that healed her. So now what do we tell the generation that loves impurity? Like Jonathan said, that the girls that love the drunkards love the shooters. What about the girls that are on OnlyFans or on Snapchat or on Instagram doing all those nasty things, selling their bodies for money? What do we tell those people? We tell them the hope in Christ. Because that's the only thing that purifies them. That's the only thing that makes them pure. What do we say? What do I say to you guys? I say the same thing to them. Because if you're Lawrence or you're Jackie, two different testimonies right there. The only thing that purified both of them was their hope in Christ. Because we're not looking for some folk phony purity. We're not looking for a pretend purity. We want to be pure as Christ is pure. Because when that woman touched her cloak, the thing that was re the relation that she had was not to the people around her, not to the people that outcast her, but the relation that she had was to the Son of God, Jesus. He was calling her daughter. So we have to understand that, is that when we put our hopes in Christ, we are then made pure. We purify ourselves. 
That's the only way to be pure in this generation is to have an expectation, a hope in Jesus. Only way to be pure in this generation. Other than that, you will fall short. You may try. You may pick, your, you may pick yourself up and try to be pure. Try to live this life honest. Try to live this life living holy, not having sex outside of marriage, being, uh, in, uh, integ- having integrity in your intentions. You may try your hardest, but you will fail because everyone has failed on their own. Put your hopes in Christ, your expectations in him. Because once you do that now, you can live pure. You can live pure. There was a man, if we can go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, there's a man who just got exposed. Everybody say exposed. He got straight exposed. He's dead now, unfortunately, and he died with a bunch of secrets. He died with a bunch of lies. He died being a hypocrite. This man was an evangelist. He went to colleges. He went to nations. He went to speak to people that were leaders in government, athletes, and he told them about things of Jesus. Matter of fact, I remember being an SUM student and listening to this man preach about discipline and purity. I listened to this man. You know what this man is guilty of? He had hundreds, hundreds of photos of other women in his phone, multiple being nudes. He would go to massage therapists, and he would Dude, he would, he would ask them to massage him in places that he shouldn't be massaged. He would then try to massage them in places that shouldn't be massaged. All this while being married, having children. His daughter was working in a sex trafficking program. So you understand the hypocrisy of this man, the impurity of this man. But he presented himself as pure. He looked as pure as they come. He spoke elegantly. He had good He had good speech. He had good dress. He was looking like a man that had it all together. But deep down inside and in his secret life, he was impure. You see, if we've been made pure, it's not just for show. It's not just for talk. If we've been made pure, it's because our lives have been changed. Our lives, which were dirty, have been filtered through the blood. So now the same blood that was on the cross is the same blood that has made us clean. So we now should live like Jesus because we have been made as pure as he is. And when we see him now as made pure, we will recognize just who we are. And the Bible says the only way to see God, though, is to be pure in hearts. If we go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus speaking to a crowd, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, you can't be Ravi Zacharias, live an impure life, and say, I will see God. You can't be a youth that attends Friday, uh, Elevate on Friday, but then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, not Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're living a double life because you're living in pure. You won't see God. You won't see God. When Christ appears, you won't recognize him. You'll be afraid, you'll be in terror, but you won't recognize him like a friend. So this is the thing. If you want to live a pure life in this generation, then you have to be purified by Christ and then live that pure life. If you don't, you won't see God. You won't see God. Your life will be just nothing but vain and vanity. You lived for impure things, and what you got in the result was an impure Results, hell. There won't be any purity in hell. Hell is a place of fire, a place of torment, a place of wickedness where people now are begging to drink water, gnashing of teeth, pain. And that is the result of an impure life. So what I tell you guys is don't forsake this eternal promise that you will be as pure as Christ for the impurities that this world tries to give you. That's like, imagine if you, right, being homeless, being poor, being a beggar, someone offers you purified water, right, like the water I was talking about. But then another person offers you that muddy water, that water you can just get about anywhere, that, mutter, that, that water that you can literally get in the dirt when it rains and drink up. You'd be a fool to tr- take the muddy water. You'd be a fool to drink that. You'd be really, it would just be such common sense to drink the purified water since you are thirsty. 
And I came to let you know that you are thirsty and you don't know it. But you've been thirsting for the wrong thing. You've been drinking the wrong things. You've been eating the wrong things. Things that make you impure. If I can have Melanie come up, please, and the altar workers. So how do you know whether you're living impure or pure? It's very simple. If what's coming out of you, if what you're saying, what you're thinking, what you're, what you're doing is full of lies, full of half-truths, full of hypocrisy, full of lust and perversion, chances are you're 100% living an impure life. But, again, all you do is have to put your hopes in Christ. If everyone can stand up, please. If everyone can stand up, please. If you go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 in closing, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Listen, a lot of people think, man, I'll live an impure life now while I'm young. Then when I get older, I'll live a pure life. I'll settle down. I'll chill. I'll, 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 I'll actually do what the Bible is telling me. I'll, I'll consider it more. Here, I'm trying to tell you, man, that, that ain't even what it's about. You should do it now. You should do it now because the spirit that God gave you makes you pure. So now that you are pure, live pure now. Have that testimony that you waited till marriage. Have that testimony that you're not dishonest. Have that testimony that you're full of integrity. That when you speak, people don't have to question whether you're telling the truth or not. Aren't you tired of people thinking you're lying all the time? Aren't you tired of people thinking you have some hidden agenda? Then live pure. Because it says right here, a lot of people are going to think just because you're young, you should live an impure life. But I'm, kinda, I'm coming to tell you that, no, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you can live a pure life. It's actually uh, 1 Timothy. Go up a little bit, sorry. Okay, right there, verse 11, sorry. See, Timothy's young in here, and he's, saying, he's being commanded to teach these things, things about doctrine and, and how to live. Because a lot of people are living, half, living hypocritical lives, and Timothy had to put that in order. And he's telling Timothy, Paul, who's young, he's probably around my age, and he's dealing with people older. And he's saying, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. You see, as young people, you don't have to be looked and frowned upon. You can be an example. I remember a testimony from Bree where she said that she was giving an example to her dad on how to basically live like a Christian. She's probably like 30 years younger than him, right? 40 years? How old is your dad? No, no, I'm not. But you're young. your dad's probably like two generations past you, right? But yet, Bree is talking to her own father and being an example to him. See, you don't have to wait till you're 30, 40, 20, like whatever. You don't have to wait till you have gray hair. You don't have to wait till you finally find the one and settle down to live pure. You can live pure now, single, young, serving the Lord, being an example to the older generation. Do it now. Why waste your time? Why waste your time on the impurities that are only going to affect you and the people around you? Live life pure now. If everyone could bow your heads and close your eyes, please. If you are, if you know that you've been living an impure life and you know that you need Jesus to make you pure, you can come up for the altar call. Male with male, female with female will pray with you. But if you don't come up, this is what I want to challenge you to do. Begin to tell Jesus that you hope in him. That you have put your hopes in him. You expect him to save you. You expect him to change you, to make you new. And let's say you, you, you say, man, I, I have put my hope in Jesus. I am living pure. I do believe I'm living pure, but I struggle at times. There's a temptation to lie, to be dishonest. There's something in my life that is impure that I don't want to have anymore, you can come up for the altar call. We want to pray for you. We don't want you to deal with that anymore. And if you have anything else going on in your life that you need prayer for, we're always here for you. 
But that's the altar call. Listen, Jesus is not in the business of just letting you walk idly by, claiming to be a Christian. Right now, I pray that he is pressing on your heart to be pure, that as the song is being sang, that you are now listening to Jesus, that the very words that he spoke to that woman would be spoken to you, that he would say, daughter, he would say, son, your faith has healed you. I pray that he would say that today. Father, I pray that you would convict the hearts of everyone in this place, Lord. That we would examine ourselves as you examine us, God. And that we, God, would be made pure and that we would live pure lives, God. Everyone could come up as, as Melanie sings. at the center of it all Jesus at the center